The AFL has released their COVID vaccination policy. It's in conjunction with the AFLPA. Joining us is their CEO, Paul Marsh. Paul, thanks for your time. G'day, guys. How are you? Good, my man. No jab, no play. Is it as simple as that? No, it's not as simple as that. Um, it's, you know, obviously we've talked about this a little bit over recent weeks. Um, you know, we and the AFL started with a position of, you know, we didn't think we should mandate on this issue, but the state governments have made it very difficult. Obviously, Victoria, now you can't turn up the train, you won't be able to play um, unless you're double vaccinated. We've got different states that are at the moment not opening their borders to people who aren't, or not letting people in that aren't double vaccinated. So it's kind of a practical outcome at the moment, but we have built some um, elements into this policy that, you know, if government policy does change, then, um, you know, we'll sit down and review the policy with um, the AFL. But, no, there's there's been a lot made of no jab, no play. I think the reality of what we're dealing with here is that we're looking at probably upwards of 99% of the players, male and female, that will be vaccinated. So um, it's a small number. There's still a window of time um, for those players to continue to work through it. But I think we've got to a pretty fair outcome here. Um, Paul, I guess um, I think most people think it's it's a really common sense approach. There There is a danger of one size fits all and, and people still want to have some choice about what is going into their body. If they really strongly disagree with it, is there an appeal or an exemption process that they may be able to explore? Well, the medical exemption part of this is in line with state government directions and it's very narrow. So that, mm. that'll be difficult um, for anyone, let alone footballers. Um, what we have built into this policy is a time frame um, that gives players you know, outside of Victoria a chance to hold off on um, whether they get vaccinated until sort of they absolutely need to. So, you know, if any government policy does change, then um, there's, there's an opportunity to obviously hold off and not be vaccinated. But, um, you know, when it comes down to it, it's, it's, at the moment, it's actually impossible to, to train and play yeah. Um unless you are vaccinated, given the rules that we're dealing with. So for players in that situation, it's going to be obviously difficult. But what we have negotiated for those players is a payment structure that can keep them um, on lists, and that'll you know, ultimately be a discussion between the player and the club. Um, but a minimum payment plus an ability to, to pay them at their full salary. So we've absolutely factored in those players into the policy we've landed, and you know, as I, said, I think we've got to a fair point. Mm. Um, Paul, you mentioned there's about... 800 male players uh, on lists, so you're talking 99%. So that's, you know, we're talking about maybe a dozen players. Have any of them sort of reached out to you yet and said this is going to be an issue? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've been going through a consultation process with both the men and the women for the last couple of months. Um, I think we've got a really good handle on, you know, the players that, um, that do have issues, and I won't go into who they are, but um, it's a small number, and we've been working through this with them. Um, we've certainly spoken to them about the direction we're heading with this policy, and I think the players um, in this position really understand you know, the direction that we have taken. So let's look at Denny Van Hagen. She's the public one that's come out. She hasn't said she's not, or she is. She's just making her mind, mind up. What support is she going to get, or what support are you going to give to that 1% of players that do not and will not take the COVID vaccination? Yeah, so I'd rather not talk about individual players and so I'll talk about the support broadly, mm-hmm. but I think it's unfair on individuals to start you know, picking them out. But 
Um, for players in that situation, as I said, we've gone through a process of trying to firstly identify um, which players may be in that situation. We've had conversations with those players um, who have come to us and, and wanted to have that conversation. So, you know, we've been working through these issues. Um, clearly, the policy has factored those players into it. So there are payments um, that are captured here that, you know, wouldn't necessarily be available to a, um, to a normal employee um, in a normal industry. So I think that's an important part of this. We've obviously built safeguards in here should government positions change. So they're all the things that we've got in place, plus all of our normal services and support around, you know, wellbeing, um, around an ability, obviously, to continue to support them in other field endeavours. So there's, there's a fair bit of support there. Okay. Um, can you get a medical exemption? I mean, we've rang a couple of professors, doctors here. They've never seen one. They doubt there will be one. And the the second part of that, do religious beliefs get you a medical exemption? Yeah, well, the medical exemption is very narrow. Um, You basically have to be able to show that you've had some sort of um, anaphylactic-type reaction to a vaccine, which um, is going to be difficult. So you can, but it's difficult. And then, you know, religious exemptions aren't necessarily picked up here. And, you know, I'm not... um, certain of what religion would stop someone from having a vaccine. Okay. If player doesn't get vaccinated, the club can transfer player to an active list. We know that. Keep player on the list. Pay 25% of salary. That's another one. Terminate player's contract. Player needs to agree. The other one is exercise any right. This is the club. They may have by law to terminate the player's contract. Can you um, just elaborate a little bit more on that fourth clause in that for the club? Yeah, and that, that kicks in um, into late May, um, which firstly is after the AFLW season, so no AFLW player will be in that position. For the male players, um, look, this is this was obviously a, a, a contentious part of the discussion that we had, but the reality of it is that um, you know the, if we didn't have this policy in place, the clubs would be able to, um, to, to pursue this particular action um, anyway, so it's something that we've been able to delay until May, which... The thinking behind this is, you know, we give the players every chance to make a decision on this and ultimately if we get to a point where the players um, choose not to get vaccinated and the clubs at that point decide that they no longer want them on that list, then there's an option available mm-hmm. to them. NRL hasn't mandated it. Have you watched that with interest, Paul? Yeah, and we've been in discussions with the Players Association there. I mean, I think there's, uh, there's a significant difference, major difference here in that, you know, we've got obviously... You know, a significant number of our teams in, in Victoria. Um, so for the Victorian players at the moment, if, you, if they haven't been um, at least had the first vaccination, they can't train. But when the season comes, the teams that will be travelling into Victoria actually won't be able to come into Victoria unless they're vaccinated. Well, there's only one NRL team in Melbourne. Um, I think having had the conversation with them, they, they are just trying to kick this down the road and hope something changes. Mm. But the reality of it is it's... Um, it's yeah, more than likely not to. And look, if, if things do change, what we have built into this policy is an ability for us to sit down with the AFL and review it. So um, I think what we've tried to do with the AFL here is give some clarity and certainty to the industry, build some safeguards into the players um, so that they can obviously, um, if they're not ready to make this decision, they've got some time to do so, obviously look after them financially. Um, so I think it strikes a pretty good balance. Can I just ask a broad question, Paul? Are there more AFLW players concerned with being double-jabbed than AFL players due to childbirth? Oh, look, I'd probably not, rather not sort of get into, you know, where the breakdown is, but 
It is a small number of players across the board. I think having spoken to um, the majority of those players personally, I think there are some really legitimate concerns that have been raised and, you know, we're, we're listening to them and we're trying to work through the issues. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't want to sort of turn okay. into trying to identify who the players are. No, that's are. okay. And I don't want to either. Yeah. I'm not, not getting down that path because, I mean, I've got two daughters that want to have kids and there is a genuine concern there. I just thought there's a, a broad question. They're going to be educated into the decision. I mean, really, if you can't do your job, you get sacked. You can't play. So they're not really going to be bullied into it, are they? You will be there to... How does the process work? Do you speak to them? Is it the AFLPA? Is it the club? Is it the club? Is it the board? Is it whole of club? How does it work? How do you talk a player into accepting a jab that they don't want to have? I don't think anyone's setting out to, to talk anyone into anything. I think this is just about going, okay, where are we at? What are the circumstances we're all dealing okay. with? What's an appropriate policy? And then educate the players. Now, ultimately, you know, we believe in choice. I think the players understand that they've, they've got a choice in life here. But it, to your point, it's going to be incredibly difficult, impossible to play football if the, if the rules stay the way they are. And this is going to be a problem, not just for footballers. I mean, in Victoria at the moment, if you want to turn up to work, you have to be mm. double vaccinated. Mm. Um, and this is, going to, this is going to happen in the other state. Um, if your job requires you to travel around at the moment, if you're not double vaccinated, you're not, Victorians aren't getting into SA or WA or Queensland. And that's what we're dealing with at yes. the moment. So, you know, you, you have to react to these things that we can't change. This is not something we can negotiate around with the AFL or the governments. We have to deal with it, and that's what the policy is. Yeah, well done. Are, are you hearing that um, airlines are going to say no jab, no flight? No, I haven't. That hasn't been confirmed. I mean, there's, there's been some speculation around that. Yeah. But, but that's um, a consideration, th- isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, look, we've just, as you'd be aware, we've just opened up. Um, today in Victoria after another three-month lockdown and um, I had a meeting, actually a beautiful meeting out in a cafe um, earlier today, but I checked <laughs> yeah. to see if I was vaccinated. Yeah. Um, you know, this is what we're dealing with now. You've yeah. got to be vaccinated to actually live, live um, in this state and um, it's going to be the way around the country, I'm certain of that. Yeah, one minute past 12, I've got a couple of cobblers that went to the pub. Paul, you weren't one of them, were you? <laughs> Look, I thought about it, Rowie, but it um, might be day today, so yeah. I'm happy tonight. It's a tough time. It's a pandemic. There's no right. There's no wrong. It's tough. We work together. Uh, I know every player on an AFLW or AFL list has got your backing, and that's uh, a little bit of comfort. Paul, thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. Good chat. Paul Marsh, AFLPA CEO.